You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. Follow on YouTube and Instagram, support through buymeacoffee.com, and subscribe to the only podcast exploring the hidden ecosystems within the theology of Christian music through unique and uniting conversations. All right. Well, welcome to the Theology Music Podcast. My name is Joel. Today, I'm joined by... Okay, so the coolest thing about sometimes on this podcast is I have literally superstars on the podcast. One of them is my guest today, is Yancey, who... She's a Dove Award-winning artist. I just... Let the credibility of this podcast just jumped astronomically when I have <laughs> Yancey, Dove Award-winning Yancey, on the podcast. But, I mean, your bio is, is beautiful. It's, you're a worship leader, you're a songwriter, producer of hundreds of songs that make Jesus loud, which I love. You have done things like write a book, which you are releasing soon, called Sweet Sound, The Power of Discipling Kids in Worship. You have multiple albums, which are fantastic and geared towards kids. And also, you, have, you don't have this on your bio, but you have albums that aren't kids' music, too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I do. From back in the day. Yeah. Do you, do you not like to talk about it? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I do. I do. It's just it hasn't been my point of focus necessarily in the past decade or That's so. That's funny. But I do. <laughs> but you also have a curriculum for, uh, for mm-hmm. the church called Heartbeat, which is to teach kids the heart of worship. Uh, you, you come from a really cool perspective, whether it's like being in children's ministry, you... You were a PK. I was a PK as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you just have this heart for kids ministry, which is just beautiful. And it shines through everything that you're doing. So I, I'm honestly, I think I'm such, I'm blessed to have you on this podcast because, you know, this has been a heartbeat of mine for, for this podcast is to have better conversations. And this is an aspect of conversations that we haven't had, thankfully, with Kristen Clark. And then now you, where this is an aspect of worship music, Christian music, impacting the next generation early on and why that's important. So, Nancy, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Yeah, you bet. I'm happy to be here today. Just wait till we get through the podcast and then tell me whether or not you are actually excited. No, I'm totally excited. I'm happy to be here. Don't let your chickens hatch. You've got like cool neon lights (laughs) behind you. I'm intrigued. Well, I'm not as cool as your hair. That's the thing. My hair isn't as cool as your hair, so I have to make up for it with my lights. Although... I did have hair like that when I was younger, though. So. That's that's tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have this really cool career in life leading up to this moment, right? You've you started when you were young doing music and in, in music. Yeah. In, in, are you okay? Do you need to tell him my name? I don't know that you ever told him who I was. I said Yancey like fifteen times. You did? I did. I said, Yancey. Oh, I don't, I, I don't remember you saying Yancey. I even said Dove Award oh winning Yancey. Well, I knew. I know you said that. I just didn't remember you saying my name. So I was like, <laughs> I was like listening as the listener going, okay, so who is this crazy person? <laughs> Sorry. Yancey. And that is actually your name. Sorry. Yancey Richmond is on the podcast today. <laughs> it's all good. Well, Yancey Richmond, how did you get here? Like, what, how did you get from starting with music when you were young to now here? I mean, Dove Award winning, doing all this stuff for kids. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you get here? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been a long, long journey. So I, I knew from the time that I was a kid, I, I say like single digits, I knew that I wanted to do music, really felt strongly, even at a young age, like this is what, this is what God put me on this earth to do. And so that was certainly the thing in life that I was obsessed with and I practiced and I worked on and did all of the things growing up. And just, I, I think my parents were aware, looking back, I can reflect on it and go like, you know what? So many volunteers in church that served in our children's ministry, our student ministry, you know, like looking back, you start realizing they all like were clued in, like they were aware that there was something mm. happening. And like, I think they intentionally used their words to help just encourage me and, and you know, kind of spur me on, on that journey. Um, so music was always the focus. I served in church a whole lot, singing on worship teams and children's choirs and offertory specials, you know, from literally the time I was in elementary, middle school, high school, all of that. And um, my youth pastor actually had me do my first concert when I was 15, which wow. was a really big deal at the time because I'd only ever sang the offertory, you know, so it was always just one song and done. And so I kind of right. laugh now because it was only a 30 minute concert, which I'm like, Psh, that's nothing. But at the time it was a really big deal because you suddenly needed to yeah. like talk between the songs, you know, and there needed to be just that roller coaster of highs and lows and, you know, help people have all the feelings and emotions that you have throughout a concert set. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, it was a big deal and a huge step at 15. Um, and then that kind of really, I think motivated me to like, okay, take this seriously and let's start taking some steps. And so it just started yeah. kind of playing out at some other youth groups and things kind of in our region. Um, those next couple years and then came to Nashville when I was 17 and made my first album and started traveling. Wow. And so this fall I celebrate 25 years of professionally making music and making records and traveling and doing concerts and stuff. So I originally was just kind of focused on like CCM, Christian music, you know, right. normal Christian music like you hear on the radio, writing songs, coming back and forth, had some songs recorded by other artists. And then um, I kind of ended up getting more involved in leading worship and kind of overseeing some worship teams. I was living in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time and was a part of Church on the Move there and kind of headed up worship for started with middle school and then that just kind of like grew i took over high school and young adult mm -hmm. and was helping lead adult worship but overseeing our preteen worship and one of the last things that i did there actually was kind of take on preschool worship and make a record that could be wow. used in our preschool classes and that actually is the first little praise party album in that series and so even you could say that whole series was really birthed in just like feeling a need. So mm. I had, and I can give the side story too, that like I grew up around children's ministry. Um, my dad, you know, is a minister and he had mm -hmm. been a children's pastor my whole life. And so it was something I was very familiar with, uh, but music right, was yeah. my thing and my focus. And, and kind of looking back on it now, I can see that, God 
just kind of led me through some different doors and opportunities when they were really easy guesses because it was just a song. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like full on life right. commitment yeah, yeah. of like signing my name on the dotted line of you're going to write preschool songs forever now. You know, like it was just, exactly, hey, yeah. sing on this project for these people in Atlanta. And hey, they need a camp theme song. So write that song for them, record it, you know, move on, live the next year of your life till it rolls out, rolls around again. And so, but I, I think all of those things kind of obviously led me to start taking some steps and you know, musically experimenting with what that looked like and, you know, checking the box to just have done it. But I think it was also part of God's plan of just kind of, I don't, I don't know, warming, warming me up to, to the idea. And so there's a gazillion other details that if we had hours, I could, <laughs> we could talk all about, but no, needless to say, so about 10 years into my music journey, you could say, um, just went through some changes where I knew like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go back on the road full time. What does this look like? And mm. it was, so I was kind of having to narrow down and choose the age group at that point then. Um, yeah. Because at yeah. that point I had my hands involved in leading worship for like all the ages. So I say birth till death, you know, cause it was like literally everybody. And I just really, it, it, it became, it became obvious to see, like, I was having like random ministry friends call and say like, Hey, we want you to come do a preteen event for us. Or we want you to come do this family thing. Wow. And like, I wasn't, I wasn't officially saying I did that, you know, at the time. And, um, I was actually leading worship for a preteen tour that school year and also a middle school tour. And it was just easy to see that like I was connecting really well with the preteen audience and You had um, no choice. You had no choice. You just had to start. Well, doing it. <laughs> it, it, it like it got to this point as I'm like in decision mode and it it literally felt like God's like shining a spotlight over here. Like, how obvious can I make this? So it wasn't a thus say at the Lord, but it was just more so like a cheat sheet, you know, kind of like let me show you yeah, how to get yeah. out of the the tunnel here. And so, um, so by that point, yeah, then it was just kind of like, okay, it's easy to see that there's fruit being born in what I'm doing for these age groups and God is opening up doors and opportunities, you know, that I'm not concocting myself to do this. And so right. let's just roll with it. So kids and, and families have been my focus since officially since 2008 even though I had released a kid's record in 2006 myself of just some of those camp songs because it was just kind of an easy thing that I could do. So it's, yeah, it's it's been fun. There's a gazillion wow. details in those 25 years that I've skipped over, but it's it's been cool. But like no, I said, I, I joke incredible. and say that I, I if you it. had... If you had told my 16-year-old self that like my number one song you know, on the streaming platforms and whatnot was going to be a song I wrote for preschoolers called Hosanna Rock. Like, I don't think I would have been very amused by that. You know, that just wasn't the teenage <laughs> dream and, you know, the musical no. success story that I had for myself. But I, I was much ready to hear that at 25, you know, and to be like up for hey, this is what I want you to do and be like, okay, let's go write songs and let's chop it down and 
let's make it accessible for these young ages to enjoy. Yeah. My, uh, I will say my three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old loves that song, so. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's a favorite. You see, you notice that, here's the crazy thing. My kids know, especially Lucy, the oldest, she knows how to use the Xbox controller and turn on YouTube and find Hosanna Rock. So, like, without, oh, I, I can't control it. She does it. So I'll, we'll get downstairs sometimes and she'll already have it playing. And I'm like, all right, that's what we're listening to. We're listening I to Hosanna. love it. So. So I thought that's really funny. Well, and that's so fun. So for you, like, what's so cool about the story and everything you just told was, and it's just how the Lord works. But He only it it's how He works with people who are humble, and are fertile and are willing to move for Him. But it's so cool. Like you 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 started your songwriter journey as as someone who is, I mean, like you said, writing songs for other people and yourself at a young age. So you were mm-hmm. really honing that craft. Yeah, and it's so cool to see that when you were honing that craft, as like it's almost like God was giving you these little tastes of, hey, you're improving your craft as just a songwriter in general, and being able to shift and pivot really quickly, and then go on tour, and then, in, like you said, doing a concert at a very young age, learning how to engage people very early, mm-hmm. so that you know that that gifting that that strength was even honed more to then because you know how it is, middle schoolers are one of the hardest people to lead worship for. Uh, kids are a little easier, but middle schoolers yes. are like the toughest group ever that because they don't respond. And they so, like you, you learned how to really they do are. that. Yeah, I I used to have to lead music for youth group and Sunday morning. And so I remember, high school was good, adults were great, middle school was terrible. Like you never you can't gauge how it goes. If you- <laughs> literally the only age group that um, this was back when I was probably in high school that I was leading worship for our middle school Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Oh. service. And I begged my parents to let me quit, you know, cause it was just like, it, it's like you've, you've lost the war before you've even started, you know? So it felt, and they wouldn't let me quit, which later in life I was so thankful for because it toughened me up and made me, um, it made me learn how to like perform and do what I had to do on stage, even when your audience is not interested, you know? And, you know, even as you travel and whatnot, there's days that an audience is a lot harder than another's or, you know, they're maybe just very not responsive. It doesn't mean that they're not enjoying it, but they're just not, some crowds are not as exuberant as others. And so that whole middle school experience totally like prepped me and helped helped me learn how to do what needed to be done on stage, regardless of if they seemed like they were with me or not. So I'm, I'm grateful my parents didn't let me quit, but it certainly is a challenge. Yeah. On the flip side, I think kids are the easiest group <laughs> to lead in worship. So they win the award for easy in my yes. book. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, case in point, my youngest, my youngest likes anything with a beat. So I'm like... <laughs> You could play anything for my youngest, and she would love it. So that's why she they're, would start yeah, that's why they're so easy. And I, oh yeah, oh. hands down. Well, and I think what's really cool it makes me think about um, your your piano teacher when you're 10 years old, Willie Davis. How he told you not to get a mm-hmm. thick head and, and to get a big head and an yeah. ego. I think that also lends itself to like how you carry yourself and how you've led with kids. Because I mean, that's like you said, if you didn't, if you didn't really have to cut your teeth in a humble way you would have been mm-hmm. a little bit more like i'm i'm op- like this is beneath me right and even mm-hmm. like you said there's opportunities to write songs like these one off opportunities to write songs had you not 
been humble and had you let yourself get a, an ego, you probably would have said, you know, not every door is a door I want to go through. Or, you know, you'd have been like, ah, yeah. I got to I got to pick and choose. Like you wouldn't have been like the Nicolas Cage where you take any role. I'm kidding. That's not what you were. <laughs> but you would have kind of chose. You would have been a lot more picky because you would have been stuck up. Right. And I just think it's really cool that you were willing to just do this. And then, like you said, as you started to go, God was like, yep, kids ministry, yeah. kids music. Yeah. And it's yeah. just so cool that you did that. Thank you very much. I, I will say something you hit on earlier, too, just made me think about the fact, too, that, like, you know, music had always been my dream and goal. And I thought that looked like, you know, the cover of CCM magazine and number one songs on Christian radio and, like, that yeah. whole story. Um, and in those years that I actually had ended up on staff at the church full time, I'll, I'll be honest, there were some moments in those couple of years that I kind of questioned like what I was doing. On one hand, I knew that that was where I was supposed to be in that season. Honestly, I was convinced right. I was doing that for the rest of my life. On the other hand, I was kind of like questioning my journey this far because it was like, why did I go to Nashville and learn to write songs? Why did I go learn how to record, you know, and make something commercially yeah, viable, yeah. you know, like... Why did I go meet with those A&R guys? And, you know, like just kind of questioning, like, where was my misstep, you know, here? Um, and yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. but, you know, at the same, it was this weird mix of like peace and tension all at the same time, because it's like I knew that's where I was supposed to be. But it was like, mm. this doesn't make 100 percent sense, God, you know, like the pieces aren't fitting together. And. Once I got to the other side of that and started on this journey of doing kids music and just being involved in even training church leaders how to lead worship, you know, how to lead a group of kids or students in worship and all of that, then all of a sudden, finally, all the pieces made sense because it was like, I did need to learn how to write a song mm. and write a great song. And I needed to learn how to record, but I also needed to know what it was like to work in a church and lead worship teams and mentor and develop and grow those worship leaders and bands and musicians and all of that. And so it was really like me kind of making my rounds, gathering up these tools that I was going to need for the job that I would yep. be doing. It's just that Amen. it took a it took a lot of years to gathering up all those tools, you know, to be ready for it. So <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. I, I think that I think that the best songwriters, uh, Christian songwriters are the ones who have served as worship leaders at some point mm -hmm. in their life. Whether currently or in the past. Just because you like so you wouldn't have known what's going through the head of a middle schooler if you hadn't led middle yeah. schoolers, right? And so then that like it informs your songs. Like it's the same thing as me when mm -hmm. I was a worship pastor and I was writing music, I was writing, I remember I was writing a song after hearing about someone's like fourth miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And when I wrote a line that was in my head the entire yeah. time, right? So like it's, but you don't do that. So if you had just been someone who was performing and doing shows and stuff, you'd been a fantastic performer, but maybe not as good of a songwriter because you hadn't really had to sit in the local yeah. context where you're like, I don't want to lead me to school yeah, this week. Yeah. I don't want to be on staff this week. And But then you're like, but then you see the pain or you see the wins and the victories. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, and I think an another layer to that too is I... When I'm both when I'm writing songs and even when we're in the studio and we're recording it and producing it, I'm always like 
putting it through the filter of what would it be like to lead this song live? And like, does this work if yeah. I'm mm-hmm. on stage in front of a group of people? You know, like, is this going to be engaging or what needs to happen to make it be engaging um, to be interactive or, you know, yep. where do you need to breathe? Where do you need moments to have a little piece of music to exhort your audience, you know, or tell them, hey, this is a call yeah. and repeat thing. Like you repeat after me now, you know, so like I I put both my writing and the production hat through that filter all the time of just like, what's it going to be like to make this win? So smart live as a worship leader, you know, as the person standing oh, in front of a group of kids. That is why Yancey, I mean, that's like, that's probably one of the reasons why you won a Dove Award. I mean, that's the mark of a true songwriter and producer. And yeah, I, I remember I had a conversation with my my bandmate the other day because he's he helps write stuff with Sovereign Grace and they were looking at writing a song for their like 40th anniversary or something. Okay. And I remember we were writing the song and he was talking me through the chorus and I was like, it doesn't really feel like it has a moment where you get this victorious, like it's about the power of the cross. It needs some type of like raise in the melody to a moment where it crescendos really high, really big. Mm-hmm. And because I said, I, th- I think if you're going to do yeah. this at a 40th anniversary, there's going to be a lot of people singing, a lot of oomph. Everyone's going to be passionate about it. Give them a moment of like mm, where everyone's together yeah. and they release it. And that's what that's what you have to do. Like you said, you've, if you're going into the studio and you're like, this is a song I wrote for myself. Maybe some people, I don't know. Like, and you don't really have an right. idea of how it plays and sings. Like right. that, that's incredible that you, yeah. which is, yeah. this is why I think you're invaluable to kids ministry and songs for kids is you're not only someone who writes well, you're someone who thinks through the entire song and it's life from start to finish to performance, right? Like that's probably, I think that's why you're so prolific. I, I'm praising you a lot, but I think that's why you're so prolific as a songwriter and a performer because you get it. You understand the whole picture. So well, well done, Yancey. Well done. Now, I, you've already heard this. I don't care. I'm not oh, double. Thank it's not, you. It's not like You're a double word. Too kind. <laughs> okay. So here's. Dude, here's, I. Yeah. What was that like? What's that like winning a double double award for that kind of stuff, or just in general? So I've been an independent artist my whole career. I'll I'll say that, and I have you know like almost signed major deals in the past, and you know. For one thing or another, I, I think it was part of it was part of if I had wow. signed those deals at the time, I would have never ended up doing kids music. So I wow. know it was all part of God's big old plan, you know, and I'm, I'm totally OK with that. But, um, you know, for instance, I had a song that I wrote for Avalon that had been number one on the radio for five weeks. and. Right. Greatest Hits albums and Wild Hits album and all those things. And at the time, you know, like on paper, that song would have been a great qualifier to have been nominated for a dub, you know, and to win. And it did it. It did it. I got snubbed. And it was literally like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, like at the time. Right, right. So, you know, as I had like, you know, then ended up making kids music and you know things had been submitted in the past and whatever but just nothing made it through to that final like official these are the five things that are nominated round so honestly like in recent years i i totally didn't care anymore like it wasn't anything i ever thought of it's not like i was making any decision on oh i've got to submit this to win a dove you know like it was completely just like off the table in my mind yeah. So when I got nominated and 
even just the people that came out of the woodworks, like congratulating wow. me on that nomination and stuff was wild. But I will, be, I will be confessionally honest with you. I've spent my whole life, you know, every time that you watch an actor on like the Today Show or the Tonight Show and, and their interview about whatever Oscar they're nominated for, you know, they're like, it's just such an honor to be nominated. And I've sp I had spent my whole life going, you're full of it. And there's no way that it's such an honor to be nominated. Like, you know you want to win. Like, this is a win. This is an all or nothing situation. Um, but, but, the, I mean, literally the day I got nominated and, you know, all these Stop little wishes and stuff part, Stop start fronting. pouring Stop in. Fronting. And you kind of realize, oh. you're like, oh my gosh. It is such an honor to be nominated. So I had to kind of repent for all of those people that I've spent decades judging because I realized, no, it is extremely special just to be nominated. Um, I think in a lot of ways, I had mentally prepared myself not to win, to not believe it was possible. And so... Um, so my category being children's album mm. of the year, you know, it's in the pre-telecast, uh, presentation. Right. So the funny part is still, you know, due to like COVID protocol stuff or whatever, they didn't have like an in-person presentation of those Jerks. awards. And so they ended up, uh, they had produced like this 50 minute video show that also like aired on the internet. Um, that Friday after, but it was like literally like from the time that my category came on to like the time they announced I had won, it was all inside of like 50 seconds, you know, but I'm literally like sitting in the arena just watching this video, you know, so it just kind of happens. And then all of a sudden it's like, Gancy, little praise party, ready, set, go. And we're oh sitting gosh, there. My what? husband was just like, you won. <laughs> and but like nothing happened like there's no getting out of your chair there's nowhere to walk up to you don't even get your trophy like the day of which i didn't even realize that's how it worked um yeah. so it was yeah it was really funny but i think i was kind of in shock because i had a close friend of mine that used to be my manager i saw him shortly after and he was like when he talked to me he actually responded he was like i think that you're in shock like he didn't think i was responding correctly so I think it took me, I mean, maybe even a couple weeks for it to fully set in that I had won. Um, and then it was really kind of cool too, because after, well, let me, let me, before I even wow. mention that. So this project winning was a, a really special thing because it had been this like multi-year journey for me of me kind of like having this revelation of Noah and Noah's obedience. I'd gone to visit Ark Encounter yeah. and I'm, I had been procrastinating this project because I didn't have all the money in the bank to write all the checks, which, you know, is a good reason not to start a project. But I think I also was to the point of like, I was, I was not doing the parts of it that I could wow. because I didn't have every single dollar in the bank. And so I was really challenged by the Lord of just kind of saying like, Yancey, it doesn't take any money yeah. for you to finish your song ideas and have the songs ready to record. You know, it doesn't take 
Like, I, I had the money to go in the studio and record the songs. I just didn't have all the money I needed for the video production. So it really was a challenge from God when I realized how much Noah obeyed for me to just be like, okay, God, like, let's get started. I'll, I'll send the emails. I'll make the calls. I'll put the dates on the calendar. Like, let's do it. And so this, that whole project just had been this like multi-year step of faith in my life um, of what it represented. And so it was like incredibly special out of everything I have done, you know, out of the song that should have been nominated, you know, a million years ago um, that didn't get nominated. Like all, all of those things that maybe textbook wise would have said like, this is the thing that should have gotten it. <laughs> it truly felt like God threw confetti down from heaven in my honor to say, Yancey, I'm proud of you. And you did what I asked you to do. And I realized too that yeah. it was a buried dream in my heart to win that Dove Award. And I had made peace with, it didn't make sense as an indie artist. You know, it didn't make sense writing preschool songs. Mm and going to lead worship at VBSs and camps. Like it, it didn't make sense, but yet God was so kind to just fulfill that dream and give me that statue and let me add that thing to my bio. Um, and so it was obviously an incredibly special project, Ready, Set, Go, just what that represents in my life. I'm not the same person that I was before, I'm not the same Christian that I was before. Um, I think I'm, I'm yeah. better in every area of my life. And so and it's, it's, I actually, I think, uh, I think it was sometime last month, I had an Instagram post and I was writing about something while I was leading worship at mm -hmm. these events. But I was like, it literally is kind of like Yancey 2.0. Like, yes, I've had some career variations over the years, but I think me as a, as a minister, you know, as a worship leader, um, mm. whatever thing it is, it's like, if there literally is like Yancey before Ready, Set, Go, and, and there's Yancey 2.0 that's after, and it's just, there's just a special, special anointing and a special yeah. favor in my yeah. life. And, um, you know, literally, I'm so thankful. And and the other layer, too, I will say, in my heart of hearts, I wanted to win, obviously, even though yeah. I prepared myself not to. But the biggest reason I wanted to win was really not for me, but I wanted it to be an encouragement to every single independent artist or songwriter that's out there. Because, you know, there's, there's people that are successful even without the label thing or whatever. Um, but yeah. I know it, oftentimes it's very easy to feel overlooked and kind of like, well, I don't have the radio promoter and, you know, I don't have the song on the radio or I don't have that song that's in the top 50 CCLI, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And I think you can sometimes talk yourself into believing some lies, you know, about what it is that you accomplish when you're playing that comparison game. And so my, in my heart of hearts, I wanted to win just to encourage yeah. all of those independent artists and, and songwriters that are out there to just say what you do matters. And like, this is a shared victory and a shared win with you um, 
to let you know that you're you're impacting lives and you're making a difference. Well, thank you. As an independent artist who doesn't even have any songs in CCLI, I appreciate that. <laughs> but no, I think I think no what you touched you touched on something that is incredibly important that I think everyone needs to hear. And it's that like the Christian life isn't just about L's and the sacrifices that you make. Like there are W's that you get. And I think what's really cool, mm-hmm. it's the same thing for me as mm-hmm. when I left ministry and went into corporate. Uh, I was afraid that all the time that I spent in ministry as a pastor and stuff was like a waste of time because my brother and my sister are very high up in corporate right now. And I was just like, all the skills, all the soft mm-hmm. skills, all the all the people skills, all this, this stuff that I developed, all my the way to be in a refreshment for people, all these things I just was like, man, I just don't know. And then when my, my new manager was like, no, 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 like you are this level, this VP thinks you're this level, like you are this guy. I was like, that was that was my Dove Award moment mm-hmm. where I went, okay, everything before this mm-hmm. was was working to this point and now I feel like I'm more at peace to do everything past this with with more intention, less stress, less anxiety. Like that's for you. Yeah. You won that Dove Award and now Yancey 2.0 is a Yancey who's, who's gotten that major affirmation, not that, that you didn't need it in the sense that like, without that, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have be able right. to be the person you are. But God was like, look, yeah. Yancey, yeah, you, you, you earned this, mm-hmm. but I, and I gave it to you. Yeah. So now, now you post this, I want you to be less stressed. I want you to really lean into me mm-hmm. and the gifting I've given you. And now just yeah. like from that, yeah, be that encouragement to these other indie artists, be that be that less stressed, mm-hmm. less anxious, antsy, Yancy who doesn't have to not antsy, antsy, yeah. sorry, but doesn't have to really have to worry about anything. Like you've done it, so so yeah. go. I, I oh, love totally. that. I love that. Well, and and just you saying that made me think too. Like um, obviously, you know, I'm not. I know we're all over talking about COVID and the pandemic and all of that, but you know, for me on paper, I. I considered that how I made my living was touring and playing shows and 2020 looked very different. And I, um, I realized it wasn't till like the fall of 2020 that I started cluing into this. And especially there was like a conversation I had with my husband, the very, very beginning of 2021, where I realized on paper, I always would have told people I trusted God. Hmm. You know, I had sat down with other people that were like planning to quit their job and feeling like they had been called to do, you know, something with music similar. And I would have told them like, yeah, you know, like has, are, you know, there's some seasons that there's abundance and there's some seasons that's a little bit more lean, but like I've never once had a month that we couldn't pay our mortgage, you know, Not like yeah. in all of my years. So like, That's just one of those things that I look back and remember and go like, okay, well, God's always been faithful. Like he's always provided. So I can trust him even when there's not as many dates on the calendar as I want. And so walking through that year, it made me realize that although I always would have said and told people I trusted God, it made me come to terms with the fact that I really trusted God through the calendar that I created for myself. Oof. You know, more than like, I trusted God, period, end of story. And so, like I said, there was this conversation with my husband. It's one of those conversations where it was like, all all went the wrong way and not at all. (laughs) At all what you had hoped was going to happen that night. And um, 
And I remember, like, we have very different personalities, and my husband is way more laid back and chill and just kind of like, it all works out. And <laughs> he commented to me that night, though. He was like, Yancy, you're carrying a burden that's not yours to carry. Mm. And I, I don't know. It's just kind of one of those, like, marker conversations. It's not even like I said, you're right, you know, or, <laughs> you know, then, like, went home and prayed about it or anything. I just, I remember him Shut saying up. that. And then I also just kind of remember me finally kind of just living my life with this much more relaxed exhale of just, like, yeah, yeah. okay, God, like, you're in charge here. I'll do what I can, but, you know, I'm, I'm a mom I have two sons, you know, I homeschool them. You know, it's like, there's only so many hours in the day. And so yeah. like, I've got to trust you to just make it make sense and work. And literally, no doubt, 2021 was one of the most amazing years of my entire life, I will say too. So God did mm. many amazing Amen. things, including that double word last year. So it's it's special, but yeah. You just you saying that just made me think about the whole like trusting God, actually trusting God. Yeah. And not just yeah. saying I trust no, God. No, and, and that thing. Exactly. And I think what's it, that's how the Lord works, right? So you because you went through that, you were forced to trust him more. He the dove award meant more. Right? Like mm -hmm. let's say like that hadn't happened, you're yeah. like you said, you're like trusting God, but you were controlling your calendar. Then maybe you'd approach that dove award when you got it like, yes. I, I of course of course I finally yeah, yeah, yeah. finally right finally you see that yeah. I can you know so I love that. okay but we, we I love we can keep we could talk about yeah. this for hours but I, we want to plug your stuff <laughs> I don't want to go because we're gonna go behind the oh, paywall eventually you. after after we hit a certain marker but I want the people who aren't members who are okay. listening to this for free to hear about okay so first talk about uh, let's just spend like the next 10 minutes talk about the um, your next album, which is Out of This World. Give me like a quick synopsis. Why Why are you mm -hmm. excited about this? Why should yeah. people listen to this? Uh, well, so Out of This World, it's part of the series that I do for Little Praise Party, um, for, which is for younger kids. So let me tell the audience listening to as well. There's kind of two different sets of Yancey kids music out there. So Little Praise Party is what right. I do for younger ages. Those songs are more active, a lot more repetition, a lot more kind of fun, high energy, just simple stuff for younger age kids. And then I do other music that's kind of geared for preteen, older elementary kids. And that's always under just Yancey, my name, or Kidman Worship is a series I have to help um, provide a bunch of worship resources to churches uh, geared for that age. So if you go and, you know, start listening to my music and you're kind of like, wait a second, I'm kind of getting knee jerked around here on what I'm hearing. Just know there's kind of two different <laughs> styles. Um, so out of this world, the funny part is, so I'll, I'll be honest, if we backstory, so Ready, Set, Go and Out of This World are like, sibling they're like twins that were separated at birth sort of a situation really? so they started they started off as one project so it still is a group of songs wow. that was part of that whole like noah's ark obedience thing me stepping out in faith um right side of it and um we just like had decided hey we're gonna you know as the the online digital music world has changed did it make sense to have a 15 song record 
the way that it had in some past years. And so we decided, hey, let's split these up into two projects. And then honestly, Out of This World just kind of ended up coming out a lot later than planned just due to all the changes in the world the past couple of years. And so we kind of slammed the brakes yeah. on some of that. But it's it's fun. It's like, you know, as a as a mom and as a parent, it's like this is this was all of my little piglets in one one recording experience because we we made it at the exact same time as Ready Set Go. But it's so fun. I'm like I'm like thinking about it. I mean, there's literally like so many favorite songs. So Out of This World um is a song all about God's love and just how great his love is for us. And I will share a lyric from the pre-chorus. Um, because I've had many people highlight that they love it so much. So um, it's like the pre-chorus is like, God loves you. God loves me. Um, God loves this world, but he's crazy about you, is it? Mm. And so the, the, the general idea just that like God loves the entire world, but like you individually are... yeah incredibly important to him and he's crazy about you so um and then choosing it. happy is a favorite song the chorus is all about the joy of the lord is my strength and it literally is one of those like it's a melody that like you start listening to it and it gets stuck in your head but it's like the perfect confession for you or your children like if you've got a case of the grumpies are you waking up not ready for the day like that's the song you need to listen to and then there's a there's a slow song on this project too called even when that i was sitting in a, a conference a few years ago and the guy that actually was like helping to facilitate it um he shared this story about his his daughter his kids went to a christian school and their family had been actually having kind of a challenging um, year and season. And his daughter one day asked the dad, she said, all the songs that we sing in chapel are about being happy. What do I do? Mm. Like, how do I run to God with this like pain of what they were experiencing? And it was just kind of one of those like ding, wow. ding, ding moments, you know, where like I immediately like flipped my notebook over and started writing out like random lyric ideas for that song. And so we talk about a lot of different emotions and experiences and things, you know, get kind of um, visually shown in the video for that song of things that could bring us down and what feels like breaks us and holds us back and makes us sad and all of that kind of stuff. But the flip side of that, choosing to worship God, choosing to run to God, which I think is just, I mean, that's a big heartbeat of what I do. That's why I'm a, a one of the reasons I'm a big believer in worship and worship for kids is I feel so strongly that when we do it well and when churches and parents are intentional in making worship available to their kids and leading them in that, we are helping Amen. them learn the pathway of running to God and everything that they face. We don't want them to be 16 and be asking questions and kind of be like, I, I wonder if, you know, like I should pray about yeah. this or yeah. I should turn to God about this. Um, we all know so many Christians that have experienced something troubling or hard in life. And for whatever reason, they chose to take steps away from God through that challenge and through that difficulty rather than running to God. Mm. And so I, that's, you know, a big, 
big thing that um, is important to me is just realizing like this is a worship is a conduit for our kids and it's just a it's a practice that we can repeatedly you know week by week in their life show them this is how you get to god you want to you want to sit at the feet of god like this is how you do it you want to experience his presence this is how you do it and you do it on the mountaintops and you do it in the valleys and that's one of the things about um david that's so amazing is he worshiped god end of story um we yeah. can talk more about that later because I know yeah. you said we had to talk about this stuff. But no, you can you listen to my music, any streaming platform, however you access music, you can totally type in Yancey. You will find it. Um, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram and all the things with the username of Yancey, not Nancy. Can we talk about this as well? Well, so here's what, here's what I was going to say. I know I said we'll go behind the paywall, but you know what? Honestly, we're we're going to keep talking for an hour. We'll just talk for an hour. Okay. And I'm going to let it I'm going to have the whole thing up in front of the paywall. So okay. everything we say, no members. Okay. You could so that way it's going to be free because you, one, okay. you're just fantastic and I love mm-hmm. everything you're saying and I Thank want you. everyone to have access to this no matter I don't want anything behind the paywall. So talk okay. about your book. Okay. Well, so I mean, we can talk we can talk more about the David thing that I started to talk about. Um in talking about this book. Do so, that. Do that. <laughs> like there's a there's a chunk in the book that I focus in on David. He's, you know, he's my favorite person that we have to look at as an example of worship in the Bible. Um, because we know David was given the title man after God's own heart. I I believe that is just because David worshiped God, period. There was no and if but why, mm. how about it. Um, I believe that. And some of those writings that we are familiar with and we know in the Psalms, I don't necessarily think that David was always like writing that Psalm about what had happened three weeks ago in his life. I think oftentimes he was like writing that song as a cry and a plead for like Mm. this moment I'm in. And so I, I think that sometimes when we see, you know, the wording like that God is his hiding place or that he's a shelter or that he's a refuge, like, I don't necessarily think those are all testimonies. I think those are like, God, like you, I, I need you to be my shelter and my refuge right now because I am out Amen. here in the middle of nowhere and I'm freaking out, you know? And so I mm. love that we in scripture, when we really dig in and study David, we see he literally like worshiped God on the mountaintop, happy, perfect, it's my birthday sort of days. And he worshiped God in some of the lowest moments of his life. And I want to actually highlight one of those um, mm. for those listening. So there's a passage in 2 Samuel um, 2, 19 and 20. And um, I, I'll give a little backstory on this. I had a friend that I'd grown up with um, share kind of an update on their family on Facebook one day. And he was letting everyone know that they had, you know, found out to their shock that they were pregnant, you know, again, after kind of thinking they were done with that phase of life as a family. And so before, you know, so they were kind of shocked and like, oh my gosh. And then before, you know, that had become public knowledge to everyone, They got another layer of shock given to them that they had actually lost that baby. And so this update was my friend, you know, just kind of bringing everybody up to date on this is what's been going on the past few months. And this is where we're we're at. But the same day that my friend found that out, he had been studying 
and 2 Samuel. And he highlighted this verse. And it was like when I read it, I was like, this literally sums up everything that I've said and thought about David in the one verse. And so this is a passage where David's son um, was was dying and he had heard verse 19 is kind of like he heard the servants you know talking and chattering and he questioned them and he asked is the boy dead and the servants replied Mm. and said yes and verse 20 says that david got up washed his face combed his hair changed his clothes and went into the sanctuary and worshiped And I love it because we see in this one verse that David's reflex, the muscle that he had built up in his life, was to worship God. And I I thought it was so interesting that, like, we know, like, some of you listening, you've experienced it before. You've experienced the miscarriage. You've experienced the death of a child, Mm. you know, that had been born. Like, you know what this kind of level of heartbreak and frustration and disappointment and all of the emotions feels like. And yet, it doesn't say in Scripture, you know, that David, like, stayed in bed for five days. You know, it doesn't say in Scripture that David ate his feelings away with pizza and ice cream. You know, like, it doesn't say that... He hopped right. on social media and, you know, like immediately told everyone what was going Oof. on, you know, and Oof. like all of the things like, no, it says very simply, David washed his face, combed his hair, changed his shirt and went to the sanctuary and worshiped God. Mm. And that is my burden. That is my hope. That is my prayer. That's my want, my wish. All the things is to help Christians whether you're a kid, whether you're a preschooler, elementary, high schooler, your college, your young adult, your middle-aged, your senior citizen, whatever phase of life you're in, I want to help people mm. learn that as a Christian, they should be drawing close to God through this thing called worship. It's an opportunity that they yeah. have to sit at his feet, to experience his presence. And you do it no matter what's going on in life. You do it when you just lost your job. You do it when your spouse received a medical diagnosis. You do it when you don't have any friends at school, you know, as a middle schooler. You do it when, you know, peer pressure is abounding strong in high school or college. Like you, you do it in every phase of life. You do it when the spouse walks out or you know, there's a, a big cross country move and like everybody's freaking out. Your in-laws are freaking out. Like all of the things, like every one of these situations, like our response should be the same. And that is to worship God and to celebrate him and just testify of his goodness and his faithfulness. And I know for me, there's so many times in life, the vocabulary and songs helped me articulate what I wanted to say was true about God, what I believed was true about God in my heart of hearts, even when yeah. it, the situations I was in, you know, didn't match up with it. And so I just know it's a gift um, that we can help believers in our, our churches as parents. We can help those within our own family, in our homes, in our cars, just learn how to be like David 
and run to God in everything that they face. And so my book, Sweet Sound, The Power of Discipling Kids in Worship, I talk so much just about what is the power of kids worshiping God. There's a lot of scriptures yeah. in the Bible um, that highlight that. Um, my favorite one is Psalm 8, 1 and 2. It says, God, brilliant Lord, yours is a household name. Nursing infants grow courses about you. And toddlers shout the songs that drown out enemy talk and silence atheist babble. And I remember the first day mm. I read that verse. It was one of those moments where you're like, did that just say what I think it said? Yeah, say that verse again. Say that verse again. So oh, it's, for the people it's, in the back, say that verse again. I know. Psalm 8, 1 and 2. This is the message translation of it. But it says, God, brilliant Lord, yours is a household name. Nursing infants gurgle choruses about you. And toddlers shout the songs that drown out enemy talk and silence atheist babble. And I know wow. for me, I like, I realized I'm like, okay, so you're telling me a two-year-old that has snot coming out of their nose, you know, a three-year-old that's like been throwing a, a temper tantrum on the floor like 30 seconds before, we can sing a chorus of God is so good or how great is our God or wow. something. And like the power that gets unleashed through their worship could make people i know in life that could have that atheist label attached to their name it could actually make them stop in their tracks and reconsider if maybe god is actually real and all the things that we believe that he is um for me that was just such a eye-opening you know like just shift in even my own thinking and understanding of just what is yeah. at stake and also what what is being presented to us and i think it's really a situation of like there's so much there that we could be leading our families and our children and our churches and our ministries in and we're not and it's kind of like we you know we kind of stole stole away <laughs> some really special times and some really powerful things just because we weren't intentional enough to realize that like hey it's more important wow. for them to sing how great is our god than for them to cluck around like a chicken and spin to the side three times and you know whatever the vbs motion might be like God's power is not unleashed through the wow. sidestep clap. God's power is unleashed when, with their <laughs> mouth, you know, they declare God's greatness. And so, and uh, even like, I love it. Yeah. And I, I love too. So, like, um, as Jesus is headed to the cross, like the Palm Sunday story that we all know and love, um, Jesus was questioned by a group of adults about what had just happened with all the children waving the palm branches and the hosannas and all the stuff that had happened. Yeah. And Jesus actually quotes all the you know Bible commentary all has in parentheses, Psalm 8 too. Jesus was quoting that same verse um, where he was like, have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You Lord have called forth you praise. You know, and some of the different... Wow. Yeah. Translations of the Bible use the word created, you know, or perfected, you know, ordained. Like there's a bunch of really great word imagery that's used there that's just like, y'all, this is our purpose. Like this is why we are here. And I just think it's really special to think about the fact that 
in the context of what we knew we we know was coming you know on this right. palm sunday yeah. situation all the other things that would unfold in the week ahead but yet jesus thought it was important enough to say let me just lay down this little mic drop moment for you right here to say that kids worshiping their cry of hosanna it is powerful and it's ordained by god and it's what he created them to do so I talk about all of those things and so much more in the book. And so if you're a worship leader, you must get it. If you are involved in family ministry of any kind of your church, like you must get it. Um, but I've, I, I wrote the book for church leaders, but I will say too, I mean, right. majority of the book is just really about what the Bible says about worship and what the Bible says about kids worship. And so I know that, every individual that reads it will grow they will have their knowledge expanded they will have a better understanding of what worship is and why it matters in their own life and i've i will say too i've had quite a few moms that have read the book that um maybe they're not involved in it from a ministry perspective but they were like oh this is going to change like how I parent my kids, or this is going to change, you know, yeah. a, a homeschool parent that's like, this is going to change like how I choose to spend our Bible time or make make time for a worship time to happen. So I, I know there's something yeah. in the book for absolutely everybody to hear and experience and learn. And I would love for you to, to get the book. There's also audiobooks. So if you're one of those people and you're like, I don't like to read. I gotcha. I will read the book to you and you can just listen. Love it. Well, uh, so yeah, so so you've got the album, you've got the mm -hmm. book, Sweetwater, yeah. the Monopoly of Tech and Music. I'm kidding. What? Sweet and sound sweet sound. I was joking. I was jo I was just making a joke about Sweetwater. When I saw the first title of your book, I was like, Sweetwater? The no. company that monopolized all of tech and equipment and worship? No. But I love, I love that when, when looking at your book, you, you, one of your goals you say is like, you just want church worship and church ministry to stop just doing songs and start leading the worship and, and how like actual you, your goal and your dream is to have church leaders actually championing this, which I think is yeah. so true. Like, and it, it actually gives me, it makes me feel, I've wrestled with this with my kids. So especially with Lucy, knowing how to use the Xbox controller, turning on Yancey, risers, fill in the blank, mm -hmm. all these different worship, uh, kids mm -hmm. music, right? And I'm like, oh man, I feel like, am I letting my kids have too much tech? And then I realized it's actually really cool that my daughter is booting up an Xbox, opening up YouTube and turning on Yancey and the Little Praise Party yeah, and the Risers yeah. and all these other people. And I'm like, actually, you know what? I'm feeling a little bit better about the fact that I'm teaching her. Like, yeah, I want to listen to, I want to sing songs. I want to listen to this. I want to yeah. dance and sing to all these kinds of things. So I'm like, you know what? Actually, I think I'm okay with this now. I think yeah. I'm a little bit more okay with the fact that she can do that. So thank that helped me because that was a wrestle I had. I was like, man, how how much should I kind of work through this? But I'm like, she's mm -hmm. navigating tech better yeah. than I did when I was yeah. young by going. I'm choosing I'm choosing to worship the Lord through it. So yeah. awesome. Love yeah, it. and I don't I don't know if you've experienced this. I I've had parents tell me similar stories. I experience this on a regular basis with my younger son, um, especially where. You know the songs that we listen to in the car all of a sudden open up the opportunity for like conversations to be had about the yeah. message that's in a song you know and with my exactly. five-year-old who's almost six like still 
Like, he has struggled so much with the Brandon Lake meant for good song. Like, he can't understand what the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. Right. We have unpacked that every which way that I know how to explain it to him. But, you know, that's that's just where I want to challenge those listening, like, it's so important what you're pushing play on for your kids, what you're allowing them to push play on yeah. because, you know, it's a discipleship moment when they ask you a question, you know, as I've had parents tell me like, you know, they listen to my music during the day and at bedtime, all of a sudden this whole conversation ended up being had about something that was in one of those songs as their child you know, started talking about it and they had a conversation they would have never had with them about faith, you know, that I I really believe is formational Mm. discipleship in the life of that child. But it took the lyric and a song making them think about something they've never thought about before or learn about something they haven't before. And so it's a difference maker. So be intentional. That's, that's the big thing. Yeah. It's the big thing even between not right. stopping doing songs and starting leading worship. One is like checking a box and one is being intentional and strategic. Amen. Amen. I, I will say I'm not super, I'm not super, super dad in that because my, I love uh, the cover band who does uh, hard, hard rock, like uh, alternative rock covers of popular songs called Our Last Night. And they sometimes okay. they like a screamo band and they do this cover uh-huh. of a song and now my youngest, son, she was singing one of your songs, but she went, uh, it was like, a, I forget which one it was, but she, there was a line like, Jesus loves me. And she was going like, Jesus, love me. And I was, I was like, all right, I'm teaching my youngest to be in a screamo band, apparently. She's going to be a screamo person. She's okay. going to be like Flyleaf over here. She's just feeling all of her feelings, <laughs> expressing herself. All right. Oh my gosh! Okay, so everyone, are, so we we talked about your book, uh, Sweet Sound. We talked about your album, Out of This World. We've talked about where yeah. to find you, Yancey, on all social media platforms. So we're gonna end. You and I are just gonna debrief. We'll, we'll chat afterwards. And and but okay. man, thank you, Yancey. Wow, what a wealth of just incredible uh, shepherd-minded thoughts towards leading worship and towards ministering to kids and. Man, I, I really I'm excited to have this whole episode available because I think this is one of those episodes where it's like you got to hear the whole thing because mm-hmm. you're just incredible from start to finish. <laughs> you were just like, well, oh man, I, I was like a fire funny. hose and a and a machine gun at the same time, and I was just getting hit by all the truth. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. Wow, what a joy to have you on the podcast. Aww, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time and letting letting me just talk and talk. Stop. Stop. Well, I hope you, Yancey, I hope you have a wonderful Lord's Day as you worship together corporately. Obviously, you and I can keep talking, but the same thing to all the listeners. And like I said, you know where to find her. But with that, see you guys later.